episode 177. Thank you all for listening to episode 176, Five Guys, Murders, and Lies. I am Gary here with my co-host. Bear. Cody Bryant. Bear and Cody Bryant. Uh, welcome back. Of course, this is our, I think, sixth week or seventh week of doing quarantined episodes, so it's been pretty fun. Um you know, we'll continue on. We've got a special guest today. And uh, first, we want to thank him. Uh, so thanks to Wes Anderson for Moments in Time. Check him out on Facebook, Wes Anderson Music. Give him a follow on Twitter at Songs by Wes. He just dropped Mind Quarantine featuring Ted Bone of Pacifier last Friday. And good news is we have that song for you here today. And we are going to play it right now. Fire on you. 
All right, so we're back. That was Mind Quarantine from Wes Anderson featuring Ted Bone from Pacifier. And now with us, we've got Wes Anderson. What's up, man? Hey, hey. How's it going, guys? Good to be here. Happy to have you. We, we we thank you like every show for moments in time, man. When I, around the time we started the podcast, I heard that song and I was like, dude, I got to reach out to Wes. That song is so dope. Yeah. It's perfect for the show. <laughs> we love it. And um, yeah. I appreciate that, man. That, that was the first single I did with this like solo project I'm doing. So to, you know, I had no really benchmark of like what kind of response I get from like doing my own stuff. I was always doing the bands and having you guys be one of the first people to reach out, hop on board. And like, of course, I'm going to say yes, if you want to use it in your podcast. So, you know, you, you guys are the OGs. <laughs> we try and, and we know, uh, we mentioned Anthony Wayne a few times, uh, Ryan, the other Ryan here is uh, Cody Bryant, as he goes by on the show, and then the <laughs> Ryan is Bear, and uh, and then I just change my name. Seems like every episode, but uh, so yes. the, you know, Bear also went to Anthony Wayne, just like me and you, and Wes yes. and I, of course, class of '05, and uh, <laughs> long time ago, <laughs> fifteen years, dude. This this <laughs> summer, man, how how crazy is that, dude? <laughs> no shit about that class of '05. <laughs> such a what, trip yeah man I, I who would have thought you know 15 years later we're all doing these different things you're putting music out there and i want to talk about that um like the thing i remember uh that i got into listening to your music you were with i think fiction 20 down right yeah 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 you want to you want to tell us about you know kind of how you got started into music uh you know your first acts some inspirations anything like that yeah sure so um i would say like the start of my professional pr pursuit of music was about 10 years ago. I, I had moved to college or I moved to Chicago um, after college and um, I started doing like the corporate job routine and like kind of wanted something else to like, you know, balance that out. So I actually linked up with the band there um, that I was with for two years. Um, mostly stuck around doing local shows, did a couple regional shows. I actually, we played uh, Howard's in BG, which was awesome. And uh, the basis of that, that band was called Shanghai Superstars. And that, the basis of that band was actually the guy, uh, Mark Lewandowski, who did bass on Mind Quarantine. Nice. We've uh, stayed in touch and kept friends over the years. Like I flew out to Chicago a couple years ago to his wedding and stuff. So it's kind of cool how, you know, even though our past changed that we were able to keep in touch and eventually collaborate again. But then that band, was starting to fall apart and um i was getting a little more tired of the the corporate job situation so i started looking you know other keeping my options open and i saw fiction 20 down who i was aware of just because of um you know i always follow bands that are at a similar level or a similar style and just kind of see who's out there i can link up with or you know show swaps or whatever so i saw they were looking for a guitarist in maryland and um, I hit up their singer Jordan and, uh, short, short, I flew out audition and ended up just moving to Maryland and I've been here since and that was in 2012. So uh, yeah, that band was fiction 20 down. And then the same, same guys and me, we, uh, sort of rebranded to big infinite in 2016. And then I was doing big infinite with them until 2018 when I started my, uh, solo project. So, um, yeah, about overall 10 years of, of like a professional pursuit and then, you know, a couple different iterations of bands. And then ultimately, you know, I'm still here doing uh, 
these solo solo releases and starting to play shows again too um in a totally new format uh which has been really exciting i've been starting to tour out of town a little bit and we're hoping to do that more aggressively this year but obviously things are a little on hold right now so hopefully once some shows happen again i can get back on the road but yeah it's been a, it's been a long weird trip but i'm still on my feet and i'm still putting out stuff and you know having fun with it Heck yeah, man. I, I was supposed to be uh, actually in D.C. this past Monday. I was, supposed to work oh, no a, I was supposed to work a stadium show out there, I think, from that kid from One Direction, Niall, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Can't remember his name. But uh, he yeah. was supposed to work a show with him, and then I had Garth this weekend in Charlotte. But obviously, you know, shows are on hold. Stadium shows probably aren't going to happen the rest of this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would hope that, like, club shows will probably happen sooner than the – than the stadium shows and you know for the industry the stadium shows and the arenas and festivals that's where the money's at so who knows what the fuck the, the industry as a whole is going to look like in a year you know and uh it's going to be it's one of those survival of the fittest tests tests where you know a lot of bands are going to adapt and find new ways to keep the money coming in and a lot of bands might just fold so it'll be interesting to see so when you're when you're doing your own music, and I, I'm going to ask you several questions about your own music, when you're sure. doing that, uh, what what types of things do that go into it? You know, the different collaborators. What all do you put into it yourself? I'm interested to hear that. Yeah. So each, and I'm strictly just talking about the the solo Wes Anderson project. So each single is definitely uh, different, but it always starts with me and my guitar. So um, I write all the music to all the songs. Um, so that's where it all starts. Um, and I primarily just write on guitar, and then from there I'll I'll record a demo in the studio, kind of put the start putting the vision together, and then from there I'll start to get an idea of um, the a the vibe of the song, and then start uh, brainstorming potential collaborators. So um, everyone's different, as you've probably heard. Each song has a, a pretty different vibe to it, but that's on purpose because that's just how I want to do it. Um, so yeah, um, but between the pro the, and then the process of getting the collaborators in itself is a freaking journey, which is <laughs> some easier than others. Like some guys, like Howie and the the guys from Valley, who are just friends of mine that I've made in Maryland. So that's just a, a text message, like, "Hey, you want to hop in this song?" And it's as easy as that. Whereas um, the mo the second recent most recent single, "Keep Them Talking," took me over like six months to find a singer. And it's like I, I had uh, King Green, the rapper dude. Um, I already had his verses, and he had just done a collaboration with Eminem. Uh, that song Caterpillar, if you guys remember that, um, it was. I think it's actually a Royce song, Royce Five Nine, and then Eminem is on it. And uh, King Green uh, did the hook on it. So I was like, telling like these other singers that I'm hitting up, I'm like, hey, like I already got Green on this. Like he just did the hook in this Eminem song, and like no one like got back to me. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, like, you don't want to hop on this, but you know, not everyone wants to do that type of stuff. So it's all good. But yeah, so getting the collaborators is always a challenge. A lot of times the first couple people, sometimes, well, not a lot of times, but sometimes the first people I have in mind aren't the ones that work out. So I just kind of have to pivot and start thinking elsewhere. So, um, I guess I could give an example of that is for my next summer release, uh, of like a reggae dubstep hip-hop vibe and typically when i start reaching out i'll just go real aim really high like 
major label artists or whoever and just work my way down just because you never know so for that one i hit up uh tech nines management and I figured, work, I figured it wouldn't work out but i was like their manager like one of the guys at the email i hit up responded in like minutes i was like hey i talk today i was like oh shit <laughs> like yeah i want to talk and i figured it'd be a pretty short conversation because tech do that you know he's always hustling and working and he does so many collaborations so i figured his rate uh to, to do a guest versus really and uh it was <laughs> so it was a very quick conversation but the dude was so professional and i was like well hey what other strange uh strange music artists do you have on his label that might be you know on a more like smaller or someone that might you know be open to, to hopping on a track with me and then he he told me about this group mayday I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're sick. And I wasn't super familiar with them. And then I checked them out. I was like, this is even an even better fit than Tech Nine. And I already got their verses. And so they're the next ones on the my next single. But yes, yeah, so it's a journey. But um I record most all, all my guitars uh here in Baltimore of a studio here I go to. And um some of the guys will just record remotely and bounce tracks to me. Um sometimes I'll fly out to them if I think like you know, there's a benefit to being in the studio because I want to make everything more as like personal as possible. Like, you know, some guys just want to do email exchanges, but it's like we're creating music and like, you know, sure, we can just keep it business and do it professional. But like I at least I try to make it as personal and like make a connection with these people because, you know, we're making something personal. It's art. So um, I've been able to do that. I flew out to California a couple of times to record with some guys. Um, yeah, it's super cool, man. Every it's like always exciting, and you never know who's next. And it's not like a traditional band um, setup where you just do like an album every couple of years or a single every now and then. And it's like with the same guys, and so this is like ultimate freedom. So it's it's cool. I'm happy for you, man. That's uh, you're you're putting out amazing stuff, and you know, moments in time is near and dear to my heart. And uh, of course, because it's it's part of this show, it's what got us together. Um, oh, I've got your back, kid. As you and I have been talking, is my is my son's favorite song, and we got the Aki Bob shirt coming. I know he's yeah. excited. Yeah, I sent you the video of him singing that in a car because he just loves that song. <laughs> and but he nice. caught me. Um, what has, and, and mine quarantine, of course, is, is just another jam. And like you said, they're all different. I, I love all of them. They've been great. What has been for you, your favorite one that you've done? Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is my second single one of one because peanut from Three Eleven is on that. And they're the reason I got into music in the first place. So for, for him to just hop on a track with someone like me who's like, you know, compared to 311 is a nobody. And, and you know, he, I think he's the only one that didn't expect any money at all. Just like, I went through 311's manager and like, yada, yada, yada. A month later, I have his bass tracks in my inbox. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so that was that was just like a, a crazy moment. But I would say like Mind Quarantine is another favorite because that's probably the most hands-on I was I've been in terms of songwriting, production value, and uh, lyrical content. Usually with the vocalists, I kind of let them do their own thing. I'm not a lyricist; I don't write words. Um, you know, those guys are the pros, so I you know I trust them to like 
understand the vibe of the music and just put their touch on it. That's all I really can ask for. But with this one, uh, I went to Ted and gave him a, a theme I had in mind. Um, Cause I thought up the song title like uh, last summer and I was like, this is the song title. And then I'm going to work, make sure the lyrics work around that. And so that, so mind quarantine is, is another favorite because of my, I had more, the most involvement just in all aspects of the song. Um, in that one. And it's, it's an amazing song. And uh, I know you, I, I figured you're going to mention one of one uh, because of peanut. And I got to hang out with them and all that, that, that too. That was pretty neat. What was that experience like? It was, um, you know, you think of like your high school dreams come true. <laughs> you know, I just had to really, really try my best to not let myself fangirl out too hard. And just some moments watching that video after the fact, I saw, I caught myself a couple of moments, like letting, like just gushing. Like when he told me that his wife and kids love the song and that like he played it for them. And like, you know, just kind of knowing that my song was playing in one of my heroes, like households is, it was just like a, a, it was a moment for me, but dude, I mean, he could not have been a cool dude. Like they're from the Midwest and just so down to earth. Um, so gracious. Like after we were just supposed to hang out, do the meet and greet and then hang out with peanut and like just chat uh, for a little bit. And then afterwards he asked if we had backstage passes and I was like, nah, we just kind of organized, you know, this right here, but you know, we we're just going to go check out the show later. And he's like, follow me. So he takes, takes me and my friend through the tour buses, finds one of the roadies like, Hey, get my buddy Wes and his friend some uh, VIP passes. The roadie is like, say no more. And then, like, so we were just like hanging out back for a while but that's actually a lot more boring than you think like all you know because they're older now they're like in their late 40s so they just hang out on the buses until it's like showtime so backstage area was not fun so I was like, I'm, we're gonna go in the crowd anyways but thanks so i mean it's just a testament to how cool he was and like you know he follows me on twitter and like he like likes a lot of my tweets and stuff so that that whole experience was just like yeah just you know it was a moment. <laughs> that man, that, that continued success, and and just what you're doing, and you work hard. I mean, you're you're a true test. Uh, you put your you bust your ass, and you work hard for what you want. You're gonna get it. Yeah, I mean, as uh, simple and obvious as it sounds, just not stopping is uh, <laughs> uh, typically a winning formula. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've got a few more things here. I'm, I want to let the guys ask stuff too. I mean, I want to sit here. I had an agenda of questions to ask. Go ahead. You got them all, bud. <laughs> You're all taking right. around with questions. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, um, so besides, you know, peanut and that experience in 311, like other, other inspirations or favorite, mu uh, favorite uh, musicians or bands that you had in the past growing up, up until now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, beyond the ones you just mentioned, I would say Incubus is, is high up there. Uh, Mike Enziger, their guitarist, is uh, a huge influence on mine. And you can definitely hear um, his impact on me through my songs and my guitar parts and the effects and all that. So I would say Incubus is up there. Uh, you know, Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine. Um, you know, I think the the the, cor the riff in the chorus of mine, Quarantine, reminds that reminds me a lot of Rage. Like, I kind of just let myself... Yes. You know, those simple one note Morello style riffs, you know, that's kind of what I was channeling, channeling with that. Um, and then, you know, I, I like to go back and study some jazz guys like Wes Montgomery, 
John Schofield, Grant Green, um, like jazz funk fusion guys, just to like practice to and get my chops up. Um, but in terms of like what my sound most represents or is influenced by is probably like the 311 Incubus Rage, you know, like kind of like the mesh, the fusion of hard rock riffs and a little, you know, worldly vibes, reggae or hip hop and a little bit of funk, funky aspect to it as well. Love it, man. So I'm going to ask you, you just made me think of another one. I want to hear if you can narrow it down to one each, your favorite, uh, your favorite vocalist, bassist, guitarist, drummer. <laughs> um well guitarist i gotta say Tim mahoney from 311 just because that's what got me into playing guitar he got me into paul reed smith guitars which is what i play now and i've actually been endorsed by them since um 2013 congratulations so, artist rep as he does so uh, and their global headquarters is in maryland it's like 45 minutes outside of baltimore so I got to tour the facility, meet Paul Reed, uh, Paul Smith himself, and like so that so Mahoney and Paul Reed Smith, as far as guitars go, that's that one. Um, vocalist, um, as far as like lyrics go, I'd say like Brandon Boyd, Incubus. I think his lyrics are very, it's like poetry almost. He has a very unique way of uh, delivering his messages. Um, so I'll go with Brandon. Uh, bass, I mean, besides Peanut, I would say uh, Les Claypool from Primus. Um, he's just yeah, he's just one of those basses you can just listen to him play by himself for hours and not get sick of it. He's just so sick. Um, and then drums. Um, Maybe like John Bonham, Led Zeppelin. I think he was like a pot. Like, I, I always respect musicians that can play such complicated and such uh, nuanced parts and make them sound like so simple. So, you know, Bonham is always in the pocket. He, you know, it's very danceable music, but his little fills and his like drum kick patterns and hi hat patterns are just next level when you like just sort of like isolate them out and try to focus on them. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. yeah, you got to give his kid a lot of credit too. You know, when he played at that uh, 2007 concert in England, when they did the when they reunited for that one night, and uh, his son, you know, uh, or yeah, but Jason Bottom, his son uh, played drums for him in his place. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. I got to check that out. Yeah, it was uh, Celebration Day is what it was called. It was 2007, and they played a whole concert. It was for uh, uh, what is it? Ahmed Erdogan from Atlantic Records who got them their start. And so he had passed wow. away and they played a whole concert and there's a DVD and CD together and you can listen to it all on Spotify. So if you listen to just that celebration day from 07 on Spotify, you'll hear us Jason Bonham on drums. It's pretty, he did wow. a great job in honor of his dad. Wow, that's sick. Yeah, yeah. I gotta check that out. Definitely. So um, the I'm glad you came on and, and I know you said you're gonna stay with us for the rest of the show. So we appreciate that. So uh, again, Wes, thanks for, for joining us and, and telling us more about your music. And of course, we hope to have you on in the future. And we got you the rest of this episode. So thank you again. Thank you. And then uh, we before the show, I, I held on to this. We always do a shot before oh, the show. But I, I <laughs> save this, a drink thank or something. <laughs> Sorry. So drink to you, Wes. You know, congratulations all right, cheers, on all your fellas. success, buddy. Cheers. Uh, happy quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Almost made me spit my shit out. This is this is the second time I've had alcohol 
since March 14th. So for some people that may not be much, but for me, that's a long time. <laughs> Man, all that quarantine and uh, held off that long. That's impressive. Yeah. You know, I was just, you know, didn't want to drink. I live, I don't have roommates and you can't really go to bars and hang out with people. So I didn't want to just like drink by myself. Uh, but last Friday on the release, uh, I, I indulged. <laughs> awesome, Good. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'll let you hear this part, we'll, and we'll do a, a quick transition into sports. So, of course, as always, uh, thanks again, Wes. Thanks to Wes Anderson for Moments in Time. Check him out on Facebook, Wes Anderson Music. Give him a follow on Twitter at Songs by Wes. Uh, again, congratulations last Friday to Mind Quarantine coming out with Ted Bone from Pacifier. If you haven't heard that yet, check it out on Spotify. Uh, I'm sure you're on what iTunes, all of that as well. Yep. Anywhere, you, anywhere you listen to music, just search my name. Perfect. Uh, again, check him out. And then we also want to thank our primary sponsor, All Wear Clothing. Check them out, allwearclothing.com. Thank you to Brandon for the Over the Line Sports Podcast shirts, the hoodies. Uh, you know, eventually we're going to get koozies as we get to episode 200. Hopefully we're going to get some banana hammocks, some thongs, some bras, some sweatpants, <laughs> whatever the hell else people can think of. Uh, we know this quarantine starting to lift open in Ohio. So uh, be sure to check out Brandon at All Wear Clothing in White House. He's local to us. He can help you with all of your clothing needs. So again, allwearclothing.com. All right, so we're back. Uh, Wes, first thing I got to ask you, four major sports teams. Who are your favorite teams? So I'm not going to – I don't really have, like, favorite teams or favorites throughout their existence. I have, like, teams that are, like, at a certain time that I like a lot. So uh, 2016 Cavs. Their favorite team, um, the Cubs from the mid '90s when Sosa was crushing it. Um, Sammy Sosa, not Sam Sosa, for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Correct for you youngins. <laughs> um, the old school Dolphins when Marino was quarterback. Um, and for whatever reason, when I was like real young, I was big in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Matt Sundin, you remember him? Um, my dad took me to a game when I was like eight years old up in Toronto on a, like a family vacation. So for whatever reason, the Toronto Maple Leafs were like a favorite, like a lot of my childhood. So go with those four. Love it, man. So uh, we'll continue on, of course, partake in any of this. Uh, Bear, I know, and Cody, you both mentioned we had a few MLB updates. Uh, what are we looking at? Yeah, I mean, on the player side, um, it's a little bit of sad news. Trey Mancini uh, announced he had stage three colon cancer. Uh, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Uh, 28 years old. Um, obviously, most likely going to miss the whole season if they even have it. Um, it was actually his his dad had stage two colon cancer in 2011. Um, he said it was a potential hereditary thing, and their doctors told him last year uh, – that it was only a remote possibility that it would, it's even possible. And then a year later he gets it. It was uh, crazy. So uh, this just happened. He is undergoing treatment. Um, so hopefully it all goes well for there, but you know, that's, uh, that's rather, rather unfortunate for him. Hopefully he uh, does recover, make a full recovery on that, but some sad news out of baseball there. And Cody, what'd you have on the divisions? Yeah, um, they're still trying to get a season started um, and try to get as many games as they can as possible. 
Uh, they've announced that uh, season ticket holders and people that have bought tickets that have had games canceled so far uh, due to the pandemic, they will be able to get their money back. And um, they're proposing a three division, uh, three division, uh, 10 teams each with a condensed season, um, probably maybe one or two locations and do run the season kind of world baseball classic style. Um, but it's still everything's still up in the air right now. Um, also, uh, Hall of Fame weekend has been canceled. So, you know, Jeter and uh, Larry Walker, you know, they won't be able to um, they won't be in trying this year. Uh, they've canceled it at least until 2021. So, you know, if you bought your uh, Cooperstown tickets to uh, watch Jeter get enshrined in the Hall of Fame, you probably have to wait till next summer. That's, that's you know about it with baseball, and you know that, that that happens, and that's okay. I'd be interested to see if they do the kind of World Baseball Classic type setup, uh, but we'll see as this thing continues. I know the slow openings everywhere, and uh, we'll see how the if it keeps going down. But you know, it's going to rise up a little bit more as people go out because they're like, ah, right. I can fucking do whatever I want now. Who cares? Yeah. Who the well, fuck cares? Can... Menards and Costco tell me to wear a mask. Right. Fuck them. You know, <laughs> we just don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Well, so we I mean, got a MLB. They're talking about condensing the season. It'll still end in uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they'll, they'll still have 140. They'll still have 140 game season. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, NASCAR, we had a, a few things. Uh, I know a few of them. The I racing was at Talladega this past weekend, and uh, Alex Bowman won. Denny Hamlin, his daughter, shut off the game. <laughs> mid-race so he automatically finished last which i thought was hysterical you can see that video and then the other big news actual big news is uh matt kenseth is coming out of retirement to replace kyle larson for chip ganassi racing and they have a waiver request in to allow him to compete for the nascar cup title when they come back and i know barry you have more information on that yeah so it sounds like nascar uh, officially today said it will return may 17th uh for a cup race in darlington uh, 19th, they're going to do Xfinity in Darlington. Then they're going to move to Charlotte. Saturday, they'll have Arca. Sunday, they'll do Cup. Monday, they'll do Xfinity, which is uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, Tuesday in Charlotte, they'll do Trucks. And then Wednesday, the 27th, they will have Cup there again. I'm assuming for the Roval would be my guess. Um, they didn't. All it says, it just says Charlotte still. So I assume the Sunday Cup race will be the normal Charlotte, six, uh, the Coca-Cola 600. And then Say the 27th, another cup race, and Charlotte, I'm assuming it's going to be the Roval. Um, have not had to be 100% accurate, but they wouldn't have Charlotte back to back, would be my guess within a couple days. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen there. But that, to my knowledge, is the first sport that is saying it's coming back. I mean, besides PGA, but that's not June, I think it was. Yeah, and, it, and I know they – I'm still interested to see if they do the Pocono races that were already scheduled to be back-to-back. -back. Um, so they'll kind of get ahead with Charlotte doing it first. And uh, Wes, so now we're talking NASCAR. Did you have a favorite driver growing up or current or anything like that? Uh, never never really got into it. I like playing the, the – they had a N64 game. That was pretty solid, right? Yeah. I think that was the most NASCAR experience I got was uh, playing the 64 game growing up. Nice. And uh, Barry, <laughs> Bear, I think you said you had uh, we had a big birthday today, right? 
Yeah, well, um, would have been. I mean, I would have been. Uh, yeah, Dale Earnhardt's birthday was today. Would have been sixty-nine too. The old magic number. Um, but you know, he's been gone for nineteen years, so it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. But yeah, I saw today. Uh, Junior posted something on uh, Twitter. I think I saw, which is where I found that, or I wouldn't even wouldn't even know. So no, now it saves you one for the end of the show. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember when all that stuff happened. Yeah, and going to like school that Monday after, and my uh, my American history teacher like cried in class. Like as yeah. we were talking about, it. I don't mean I don't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah. Like, Damn, dude. I mean, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, hey, for all I knew it was his uncle. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. And uh, speaking of nuts, and uh, speaking of uh, Dale Earnhardt dying, you should, uh, if you need help with your lawn lawn care, or uh, to remove any nuts out of your yard, if you got those acorn nuts or anything like that, get in touch with Crandall's Quality Lawn Care. And I mentioned him as well because I happened to be with him 19 years ago when Dale Earnhardt died. And believe it or not, Wes, he was still with Leslie at that point because we were at Leslie's house and we were all 14. She was actually 13. So Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And they are still, you know, they're married, uh, have a have a, a wonderful son. and uh, But we got to thank Crandall's Quality Lawn Care. Give Sean a call, 419-704-5471. We'll go back to this bear. Serves the Toledo and surrounding areas and not. <laughs> Liberia. So thank you to Crandall's Quality Lawn Care. Serves the Toledo and surrounding areas and not Liberia. And again, 419-704-5471 can help you with all of your banking needs, and especially if you need to have some nut removal. <laughs> all right, so for NCAA, the NCAA governing body uh, approved the proposal that will allow college athletes to receive compensation for third-party endorsements and promotions beginning in the 2021 and 2022 academic year. Uh, I'll start with you, Wes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a super complex issue that, um, you know, I didn't play sports in college, but in general, as just uh, the capitalist that I am, I think if a law-abiding citizen has an opportunity to make money legally, why not? You know, like I'm sure there's tons of college kids that can make a lot of esports money on their own that aren't technically NCAA athletes, but are raking in endorsement checks and you know, without the players, you know, like what colleges would it even exist today if they didn't have these all-star athletes filling their stadiums and bringing all this money to their campuses? You know, it's like, let's let's be real. Like, is, you know, would Ohio State be Ohio State without football? You know, right. academics are good, but the football is better and brings in a lot more money. So uh, I'll, I'll just give an answer. I'll stand for it. Yeah, that campus didn't look the way it does now until the football team started getting good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Absolutely true. What uh, What do you think, Cody? Um, I mean, in in the grand scheme of it, it's a good thing. Um, uh, I looked into it. I guess the the biggest things with it now, um, you can guys can actually get endorsements. Uh, the only thing they can't do with it uh, is they can't use the college's name. So they can get, you know, like clothing endorsements or any type of merchandise like that, which is nice. But 
you know, when you break it all down, that only really applies to maybe, you know, six people in all of college sports. So if, so, if I had a question for you on that. So if somebody from like uh, Oregon, you know, gets the Ducks as like a stud and gets an offer from an Under Armour, can they not take it because there's the Oregon's affiliated with Nike? No, they can take it. They can take it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like they can take it. So, you know, which is nice, you know, like these kids can actually make, you know, some money and, you know, it helps the guys, you know, from top all the way down to the bottom. So now, you know, um, the punter or, or the gunner on special teams, you know, he can go and get, you know, say there's a grocery store or something that, you know, maybe in his hometown that might want to sponsor him or something like that. You know, he can endorse that grocery store, you know, and get a little bit of money on the side for that instead of trying to make it seem and instead of making it seem like he's working there and they're paying him under the table and, you know, then it becomes something more than what it really is. So are they allowed to go out and get like blue chew? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get some blue chew. Be ready for action. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Bear, what you think, man? I mean, I think it's a good idea. You might as well. I mean, they've been, you know, using games for the last, I mean, besides the last couple of years, you know, before that for the last hundreds of years anyway. So screw it, you know, why not? I'd be pissed if I, you know, not that it matters because, you know, some of them are but I'd be pissed at the back pay I think I deserve if I was an athlete in like, you know, 2008 when they were big in the NCAA football game and, uh, you know, that was huge money since they would sell, I think, records amounts of copies and you see everybody now just they want. They want NCAA football back. Everybody. So, you know, who knows what that is. But, yeah, I mean, these guys deserve it. They're The NCAA is making billions and billions of dollars off of them every season just football season i mean yeah. hell for the rest of the year even even basketball obviously as well yeah well, they I, had to do something i mean especially yeah. now um with the the top the two top high school basketball prospects not signing for college at all and going straight to the league i was just so, about to say that i mean that right there alone you know, granted, everybody is not a, you know, five-star prospect that can go wherever they want. But just the simple fact that they can skip high school or skip college and, you know, play, you know, pro professional, semi-professional basketball straight out of high school and then still possibly make it into the NBA, you know, that, that right there, I mean, that's going to, I don't know, over time, it'll hurt the NCAA, but I mean, because you won't have those big name players. I mean, just imagine if, imagine if Zion Williamson and, and John Morant went to the G League instead of, you know, Duke or even uh, what's the kid in Memphis, Weissman, you know, imagine if he went straight to the G League. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like that's going to hurt college basketball, like football, it'll survive because you can't, there's nowhere you're going to get that level of competition to match, you know, the NFL. So, I mean, basketball, you can kind of work your craft, you know, get a couple 10-day contracts and go from there. But, you know, I think uh, in the in the end, though, this is uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt college basketball. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, let them – 
let them do their sponsors. Let them have sponsors. I don't give a shit. It doesn't make any difference to me. These kids are athletes. They're yeah. I know people have this argument of, oh, they get a, a free ride. Not all of them get a free ride. You know, there are walk-ons and things like that. So um, definitely, I am all for it. They can make some money, do whatever they got to do. Who who cares? It doesn't affect yeah. me any. And so I see some more ads with some college kids. Whatever might be more apt to sell me some shit rather than some has been. Who knows. <laughs> Right. And hell, there's some uh, people with academic full ride scholarships that don't get their money's worth out of that scholarship. Mm -hmm. I agree. Really, like the goal of going to college is to get uh, get a degree and a job in that field of your degree. And Lord knows we probably each know at least five people that have finished college and don't have a job in their degree. Yeah, Yeah. I know. uh, I know several. Yeah, we've got uh, several. I mean, Crandall, you know, he's criminal justice, man. He owns a landscaping company. And, uh, you know, mine's uh, pretty much near mine. I mean, it was poli-sci undergrad and business for graduate, but, you know, I I do both. Uh, But that wasn't my intent when I got him is to be where I am now and basically in control of finance. It was uh, I wanted to run a city or be an administrator for a city. Now I'm glad I'm not. My skeletons are happy in their closet. Yeah. They <laughs> uh, so big one we want to jump into. I know, Wes, you said you're caught up on this. Uh, I'm sure everybody here is. Let's talk about The Last Dance. Talk about Robin. Yeah, talk about Robin. <laughs> what you think, one. Wes? I mean – I mean, we're all pretty similar in age. So, like, that era of basketball and those athletes are, like, you know, those were the stars growing up. Those were the idols, you know. Like, so to see, like, this documentary is just, like, ultimate nostalgia. And, you know, they're still – they're not young, but they're still, you know, with it and, you know, have good memories of of all that stuff happening. So, you know, I just want to see the more savage MJ stuff, like – I saw stuff saying that like people are going to think I was like a bad teammate. I'm like, have you seen Kobe Bryant's practice videos? <laughs> like you look perfectly fine so far. Like, let's see, let's see the savagery. Um, so maybe it's coming. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I'll just watch that shit all day just cause I'm basketball is my favorite sport. And MJ is obviously, you know, the greatest and one of the greats. So yeah something like this oh yeah definitely and um you know what i was gonna ask you guys uh because one of the big things they hit on was doug collins and the relationship he had being there three years as his coach uh bear what did what did you think what do you think doug collins meant to mj's career i mean obviously he was this is the thing is that i think um mj in his career besides his first two years with chicago three years with chicago has had the best coaches ever he had Dean Smith, literally the best college coach probably of all time. Maybe John Wooden. You can argue that however you want. Um, and Williams was an assistant. Right now is one of the best college coaches there are. I mean, and then you go, you know, to Doug Collins, who is pretty good. He's not He's not a slouch. Doug Collins is a good coach. And by the way, loved his hair back then, too. Fantastic. <laughs> hair goals. And then he goes to Phil, I mean, who is probably the greatest NBA coach of all time. You know, you, you can't you can't knock that. But uh, I mean, obviously, that that was huge, absolutely huge for his career um, because it, it got everything wrong. You know, I think it got obviously Jerry Krause got players in line, but then you get better coaches, which obviously Phil is an assistant. Um, 
got Phil to that level because Doug Collins just couldn't quite get him. Doug Collins is like Jer- or is like uh, Jason Garrett. Yeah. He got he was, there. Yeah. He was a pretty good coach. He was close, but he just couldn't quite get him there. And they needed Phil to do that. And hopefully that's Mike McCarthy, but that's that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that. <laughs> no, you're, but, you're absolutely right, man. And some people yeah, miss too. Huge. And and some people don't even know you uh, you guys might already. Doug Collins was the first pick in the nineteen seventy three draft. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Then they got that, that is a fun fact. You know, yeah. He was on. So let me class, ask. Let me uh, ask you guys this: Do you think MJ would have been the MJ we all know without a coach uh, like Collins, who essentially pretty much let him blossom and do whatever he wanted and let him run the MJ show? I think it would have eventually. I mean, he under Doug, he did get that. You know, he was the what MVP, All Star MVP, the best defender in the league. I mean, Jordan had all that talent. And he let him do his thing, and I mean, yeah. Phil used it and knew how to use it too. I think it was great for him. Yeah, I, I just watching those episodes, early episodes, I was like thinking, like, man, like, I wonder if it would actually have been a bad thing if you had a coach like Phil from the start who wanted to just play team ball and wanted to sort of like put egos aside. And like, if MJ didn't have those first couple years to really develop and blossom in the league, he may mentally not have been able to, to work with a coach like Phil, who's going to talk about team ball and triangle offense and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, they say like the first what, couple episodes and they realize within two weeks of Michael being on the team that he was like the best player on the team in Chicago. <laughs> So, I mean, like, without without Doug Collins, I think Jordan would be more kind of like a uh, – I think maybe more of a Tracy McGrady, you know, like, score. I think he would yeah. still have the points or even maybe a, a George Gervin. Like, he still would have had all the points. But if, if Phil doesn't come in and teaches him how to trust guys like, you know, right. uh, John Paxson or Steve Kerr uh, you know, and even Bill Cartwright, you know, like none of this would even, you know, he would just probably go down as one of the greatest scorers to ever play. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of like where I was going with my point, and I agree 100% with that. Because, I mean, who, who who could get you – that's how you know how great of a coach Phil Jackson is. If you get somebody like Michael Jordan to trust somebody like John Paxson. <laughs> yeah, like Paxson. You know, wide open shot. And Paxson delivered, though. Like, I, I was like – who knows this Paxson guy and they're showing these highlights right, in like yeah. a crucial game and Jordan's like giving the shot to Paxson? Like what? Right. <laughs> He's hitting him. And instead and then, you'll get you'll get LeBron who'll give that shot to uh Damon Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Some bum. That's all right though. That's all right. Um the, <laughs> the best part for me though, I'm sitting here I was watching it uh today as I was getting stuff done and um and, you know, I'm just working away and Kelly sits across from me and we work for the same company. And then I hear Party Man come on from Prince and I'm like, oh, Batman, 1989, Joker scene at the museum. <laughs> you know, and I'm just sitting here like watching it. You know, uh, I was like, oh, great song, you know, great movie and nostalgia for me. I'm a big Batman fan. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you saw it, Wes. I mean, I got I got the Joker tattoo here. This whole sleeve oh, is all shit. Batman. Yeah, that's, that's from serious. Killing Joke. Yeah. Uh, if you remember, uh, 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 Kyle 
God damn it, his last name. It's gonna get past me now, but he uh, he went school with us as well, and he did uh, he did all my tattoos, and uh, Kyle Kozik, duh, and uh, he did uh, big tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been friends with him on Facebook, and I saw he's like become his tattoo artist has all these piercings. Oh, dude, he does amazing work too. Yeah, it's I mean. good. Nice. He he uh he did this killing joke right off the magazine shadows in it everything and and uh, I love it I had him do the whole half sleeve here and, and cover up some things and do my half sleeve on the other side and and uh, not to get too far off topic but that was with the party man what got me into like pulled me in even more and I'm watching Jordan you know that uh, new king in town and that's what he was man I mean he was he was that and he was no joke watching this is bringing back some good memories and like yeah like like Cody Bryant said. People are going to see why MJ is the GOAT. <laughs> I know that. Uncle Cody. <laughs> Uncle Cody giving us all that all, all that knowledge, dropping knowledge. Um, and then, do you guys think, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I might be in the minority on this, but I think Isaiah Thomas gets a bad rap made in this. <laughs> no, I love this. I absolutely love that. Jordan Jordan still hates him 30 years later. <laughs> that, 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 my favorite thing was like before he got the iPad or the tablet or whatever to watch the walk off, he, he described exactly what he was going to say to the team. He's like, oh, well, of course he's going to say, but he's had all his time and like the people mm. that, and like his face is just like laughing. It's like, it's right? like, cool. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. I yeah. love it. Only him. Jordan holds grudges against everyone still in the dude. Like 1989 from like one thing you did at one point in the game. And like, I don't know if you guys seen like Reggie Miller talk about like one of his greatest, greatest uh, career regrets was uh, having beef with Jordan. Like he like randomly one game, like pushed back Jordan. And then it was just like, that was the worst thing I've ever done for my career. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think Horace Grant though has the he he's got the new quote so far the first four episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was so great. I, I was like, shocked. Sorry, go ahead, people, Cody. Oh, I was gonna say like people been hating Isaiah Thomas since like '87, dude. <laughs> like it's crazy. And doesn't he look like That's a pastor? <laughs> now I mean he's yeah, like he, does. he looks like, like a pastor. pastor. He really does. Yeah. All that money. He really does. He's got he that sly grin, like. He could like sell me anything, and I'd probably buy. Yeah, and I mean, if you you check his receipts, he's kind of a fucking shady path. Yeah, he's, he's got receipts. So yeah. he, he got in some trouble with like the Pistons organization a while back too, right? Um. Well, when he was with the Pistons, that was when uh. Well, when the Celtics beat the Pistons in eighty, I think eighty eight or eighty seven. And uh, Rodman said if Larry Bird was uh, a black guy, he'd just be just another player. And then Isaiah <laughs> Thomas backed him up on that. And freaking, that was it. Like, Isaiah Thomas, it, he won shit after that. And then well, after, he won two championships back-to-back. And then, you know, they walk off on Jordan. So, like, yep. not only did you get on Larry Bird's bad side, you got on Jordan's bad side, too. And... You know, like, and this was all in Detroit still. And yep. then he had, uh, there's a story he came out. He had said some shit about Magic Johnson when uh first came out and said he was HIV positive. He was, uh, like, kind of spreading rumors and saying, like, Magic was bi. And, yep. you know, a lot of stuff like that is pretty much what kept him off the dream team. 
So, you know, that, that shit, man. And then, like, once they walked off on Jordan, though, he never made, like, another all-NBA team, no all-star appearances, like, none of that. Like, he was just basically, like, blackballed. And he was the first guard to win a title, you know, like, as a guard. Him and Joe Dumars, man, when they said you can't win without a big man, they won back-to-back titles without a big man. And, right. I mean, if Jordan doesn't get drafted to Chicago, man. Isaiah Thomas might be, you know, the greatest basketball player to ever come from Chicago. Very well could be. Um, I was going to – well, I'll ask you, Cody, since you brought up Isaiah saying that. If Larry Bird was black, is he just another player? No, no, no. Larry's a bad motherfucker, man. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, like, yeah, I mean, his – you know – his stats back it up that he's one of the greats, like, first yeah, of all. Like, yeah, like his play and, you know, I mean, everything. Now, okay, uh, Uncle Cody story time, all right? <laughs> <laughs> now, back when Uncle Cody was younger, you know, ESPN, before there was ESPN2 and the Ocho and ESPN News and all that, it was straight ESPN, and the only shit they had to show – or old NBA championship videos. So, like, as a kid, man, like, kid, like you could see how great Larry Bird was and how great those Celtics teams were, man. The, the Pistons teams, like, you got to see all of that because that's basically all they showed on ESPN as a loop. And, like, Larry Bird was legit, man. Like, I mean, like, kids, look it up now. Look up just Larry Bird's trash talk. Like, <laughs> Trash talk is, you know, none other. I mean, there is a story. I guess he was talking, somebody was talking trash to him, and he said he'll shoot left handed and drop 30. And he scored, I think, 35 left handed. <laughs> Pretty badass. Yeah. But what's cool for Jordan, which probably was like a really good, like, for him, he only not. Not only got to whoop Larry Bird's ass as a competitor, but then when Larry started coaching, he got to whoop his team's ass when he was a right. So that's got to be like a pretty good, pretty good feeling. Hey man, Larry, Larry's back was bad by the time Jordan got to the titles. <laughs> yeah, Larry couldn't even stand up straight. Yeah, that dream team—he's just laying on the court. He couldn't do shit. Right. And then uh, you know, Magic had the HIV diagnosis, but we all know that he's it's still only HIV because he's drinking the money milkshakes like South Park told us. <laughs> we all know that's true. Hey, um, just a, just a finishing comment on that. Uh yeah. Steph Curry should be very happy that Larry Bird wasn't black. Because if Larry Bird was black, Steph Curry'd be a nobody right now. <laughs> that's a fact. A lot. That's it's it great he really point. is though. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got uncles out there like me that remember a whole lot of better shooters than Steph Curry. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to see a prime Ray Allen. You mean Jesus Charlotte? Right. Ray. That's what I'm saying. He had a whole movie. Yeah, dude, Uncle. Uh, he got yeah, he got game right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Such Uncle a good Uncle Cody, I think you're old enough that you could probably – you saw Jerry West in his prime. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just towards the tail end, towards the tail end. 
<laughs> Love it. All right. So as we, uh, we're going to segue into the next one, got to thank a few more sponsors, of course. So got to thank uh, Tim at Verizon. Verizon's a true technology business partner, helps local businesses deploy technologies that positively impact operations and can increase revenue for the company. At Verizon, we do not wait for the future. We build it. Get in touch with the sales rep in your area, verizon.com. And then thank you also to Cassandra at PNC. You can visit her at the White House branch or give her a call, 419-877-0634. She can help with all your banking needs, whether it be loans, credit cards, personal banking. She is there to help. Again, visit her at the White House branch or give her a call, 419-877-0634. All right, so on to the NFL. All right, hey, Gray, I don't want to cut you off, man, but uh, can we at least talk about this Rodman story? Yeah, go ahead. How Jordan just straight up just kicked his door in and grabbed him by his nose rings and drug him to practice. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I was- he just he's sitting there telling the story. He's like, I don't want to know. I don't want to talk about what I seen in the room, who was in the room, doing what with who. I just went in, looked for Dennis, and walked back out. One thing, Jordan, the one thing Jordan doesn't spill or call someone out on that I want to hear, he holds that in. Like, really? Right. It's- Rodman's married. It's not like he's got kids that he knows about. Like, come on. Right, right. And, I mean, I, technically, Rodman was in the room with his wife. You know, I mean, Carmen Electra was in there. You know, she said she was hiding behind the couch with a blanket over her head. Like, <laughs> it's just a task. Man. He's a true, true man. Keeps right. it. <laughs> I, I would – you know, I was kind of intrigued by just watching him like walk down the hallway, holding the Miller light, walking into the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. fantastic. Oh, he was a bad boy, man. He was legit. Yeah, he, he didn't give a shit. And uh, I, I didn't realize I wasn't paying close attention last week. This week I was. I didn't realize that ESPN was allowing the, the F bomb buck just to drop left and right. It's like, damn, Disney, give me oh, credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. About time they do something because I think this was originally always supposed to be a Netflix special. I don't think it was ever meant oh, wow. until this happened, which is why they got both. Now I can only imagine that if anyone's watching on ESPN two, it's got to be the pastors from Chicago. Like that's it. No one else is watching that on ESPN two. There's no way. I just couldn't right. believe that they were letting that drop. You know, it's nine and ten o'clock at night, and just even on ESPN, I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> so, not on the, not on Disney, not on the mouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but they do. Oh, but they do. But I think my favorite, because I read a couple, a couple stories came out after the fact. So the two that got me was Carmen Electra and Rodman. She came out and said that he banged her all over the Bulls practice facility. By the way, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's and, respect. Nice respect. And on their first date that he went and picked her up, he she didn't say if he was under the influence or anything. But he picked her up and got on the highway the wrong way and was driving into oncoming traffic before he turned around. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Jesus, it is crazy. Those are all. Those were the stories they said were left off the documentary. But they, she said, she said like three or four more things that got cut. I'm like, why would they cut any of that? Right, right, for real. I get it. I mean, that was dance about Jordan, but come on, man. We want to hear the Rodman stories. Yeah, I mean, Rodman doesn't really seem like he would give a shit anyways. Yeah. Right. No. Well, they say he, that's when he, he stopped giving a shit once they, um, you know, let his contract run, run out in Detroit. You know, like he never got an extension or whatever. And then yep. they ended up trading him. And I think that's when he realized the, the business side of basketball. Yeah. And he just stopped giving a fuck after that. 
Yeah, he's gonna blow his brains out in a, in his freaking car in Detroit, and they're like, "All right, mm-hmm. San Antonio, we don't want to deal with it." Can you imagine if that happened today? Holy shit, a franchise would shut yeah. down. Right. <laughs> All right, so on to NFL. We had the uh, the draft, uh, the virtual draft, very unique way of doing things in the this quarantine, and um, the. Joe Burrow went first, as we thought. Pretty much knew the first three with Burrow and, and Chase Young and Jeff Okuda. Um, after that, uh, you know, I'll start with – I assume all of us watched it. Um, I'll start with you, Wes. Uh, who do you think were the uh, winners of that draft? What teams? Yeah. I should, sorry. Um, so I, I should admit first I actually didn't watch it. But uh, I'll just <laughs> say a uh, big fan of Big Dick Joe. He's from – Athens, Ohio. I went to school at Ohio U in Athens, so um, I, I'm just ha- have. I don't know if since he went to Cincinnati, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know if you know. We'll see how that goes. That that I don't know. Cincinnati just always seems to be like one of those cursed Ohio teams that looks great on paper and just usually blows it. But uh, maybe, maybe he can spark something new. But. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, like those memes of him smoking cigars after the championship game and all the money for Athens and all that. So he's got my vote. Nice. Cody, uh, what teams do you think uh, won that draft or had the best draft? Um, You know what, man? I think it's probably – I would say probably the Vikings and the Cowboys. They probably had the best two dra- – the, the best drafts out of anybody. Um. I mean, Jerry, still being Jerry. Like, I mean, people don't give him credit for, you know, how, how he can draft. I mean, he's he's a he's a great general manager. Like, he gets guys there. It's just the coaches where he kind of, you know, kind of falls short. But, I mean, the Cowboys had a really good draft. And I, I would say the Vikings had a really good draft. I mean, any draft that you can have 15 picks – you know, I like that, that. I don't know. To me, that seems like a good draft. I mean, that's a whole freaking, you know, that's a whole unit that you, you know, you basically redrafted. So I mean, they were able to get a decent wide receiver to hopefully, you know, replace Diggs, and you know, they just kind of plugged in holes all around the team. So, you know, I would say, you know, the the Vikings and the Cowboys. You know, uh, Bear, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Vikings um, the Vikings are up there. I think the Browns are up there as well. I think the Browns had a good draft. Um, the Bengals had a good draft. I mean, you get the best, or the best quarterback, excuse me, and you got probably the third or fourth best wide receiver. I think T. Higgins is was going well under the radar. Um, so the fact that he dropped the first pick in the second round is impressive because he should have been a first-rounder. Um, so that's my top. Um, it couldn't get much worse than Green Bay's draft, but Philly was right there as well. Um, so those are those are my I think my worst. Uh, Green Bay I think is just kicking Rodgers out. It looked like uh, I get it. You got to build for the future, but you still win with what you have right now. It's not like you have a, a 39-year-old guy who has two busted knees and a busted shoulder, you know, like Brett Favre kind of was so beat up. When he was there, when they drafted Rodgers, they are getting, you know, Rodgers is fairly healthy. One broken collarbone and a, and a fucked up knee, I think, at one point, but that wasn't even that bad. 
still in an area where they can win. And pretty much they got beat by San Francisco, destroyed by San Francisco twice last year. So you would think you want to draft to beat San Francisco, right? Because that's the team they couldn't beat last year. They went 13-3 and they lost to San Francisco twice. Um, and he got a quarterback who I like Jordan Love. Don't get me wrong. I, there's no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. I think they could have waited, but um, I don't think there's anything wrong there. But they drafted no wide receivers, um, drafted, reached for a tight end. I just, ugh, it was ugly. Um, Eagles taking Jalen Rieger uh, with as their first wide receiver, a guy that is very good, uh, very talented, fast, but has drop problems. Like that's the Eagles' biggest problem is wide receivers the ball, and they pick the guy who his one flaw is sometimes he catches a case of the dropsies. Uh, oh, so that's that's wild to me. Um, I'm gonna try to be as unbiased as possible though. But Dallas, I mean, dude, that's the best drafts ever. Um, I think, and it's hard to say because it's just a draft, but just off a of talent of what was there and who they could pick. I mean, guys that were well should have been drafted before. I mean, CD Lamb dropping to 17th is ridiculous. Um, Trayvon Diggs was a 35th best player. He went 51. Uh, Gilmore was the 53rd best player. He went 82. Reggie Robinson was a second round talent and went in the fourth. Um, Happy with the center they got. They, they, you know, Frederick retired, obviously. So they went from Wisconsin center to potential Wisconsin. Wisconsin center. Yep. Um, and they got uh, Bradley and a out of Utah an edge rusher, which they needed. And then they got a quarterback because they really, I mean, uh, Cooper Rush is okay as a backup, but they need a third quarterback in there to, to press a little. And they got a guy, honestly, I never even heard of. I watched some of his highlights and he's just a, he's a big like six five, um, like two thirty or something like that, and he's got a big arm, not that accurate, but still impressive. So I was, I was very, uh, very happy to see what they did there and, and what they got. Um, I mean, by the time that CD Lamb got there, I, I kind of that that's what was going to happen there. At that point, I no longer wanted an edge rusher out of LSU. Give me Lamb because. Honestly, everyone's going to score. You saw what the Chiefs did all year. No one can stop the Chiefs, right? It's offense, 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 offense. So if Dallas can uh, go offense, 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 and get a couple stops, that's what they. I mean, in all honesty, you'll be they'll be able to build a little bit of a defense. But McCarthy, obviously, you saw what he did with Rodgers. He wants to throw the ball, so why not go get? I think the best receiver there, um, especially if Jerry Judy did have a little knee injury, like uh, some are speculating he did. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, not to be, you know, I know we're both Cowboys fans, but I got to agree with you. Um, and then fun fact about, uh, so I won't even say anything about Dallas because you said everything I wanted to say. So thank you. And, uh, but uh, about Danucci, the quarterback from James Madison, fun fact, uh, Mike McCarthy's brother was Danucci's eighth grade basketball coach. <laughs> so, there you go. Found that funny. And then uh, something I do, I did want to mention though, that somebody, another team I thought had a good draft as well uh, was the Ravens. Uh, they got Patrick Queen in the first round. Then they get J.K. Dobbins. They're the number one team in the NFL and they fucking get Dobbins on top of it. Like, And they, and they got uh, Malik Harrison from Ohio State, I think, as well. Um, yeah, they got, very they underrated linebacker. Um, they got uh, Devin Devarney from uh, Texas too. And then they got, um, you're, you're right, Malik Harrison from Ohio State. It was just like, what in the hell? And then they got uh, 
Ben, I think uh, Brett is in from Michigan. I think they got him as well. Uh, the guard from Michigan, they got him in the fourth. And uh, I can't remember some of the other guys they got, but it's just amazing to me that, like, the, the team that is right there, you know, they need to keep up with the Chiefs but because it's going to be Chiefs and Ravens, I think we can agree for a while. Uh, but absolutely fantastic. Um, and then one thing I, I put a note in here, I was like, I don't know how the fuck Brian, Brian Lewerke signed with the team, but he signed with the Patriots. <laughs> so yeah, I saw that. I thought that was very interesting. I was like, okay, that's an odd, uh, odd for them, but that works. Yeah, um, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, I think I honestly, and people are going to say, ah, you know, Belichick isn't going to, he isn't going to tank. I think they're all out for Trevor Lawrence, all out for Trevor Lawrence next year. Unless for whatever reason, all these rumors are true that uh, Aaron Rodgers is starting to get frustrated and LaFleur doesn't like him and they trade him to the Patriots, which would be fucking wild. Uh, I think that the Patriots probably tank this year and, uh, and get Trevor Lawrence next year. I, I really think that's a possibility. Aaron Rodgers has been frustrated since they came back from that Super Bowl that they, they barely won. Well, they didn't barely win. They were up in that game. The score was closer than what they uh, – the score was closer than what it should have been. I think. I mean, they've, they've given that man no help whatsoever. I agree. You imagine I, how good the Packers could have been if – like they actually got skilled players around him. I don't know if you saw. Like, I know you're gonna that stat. That yeah, the stat, first round the pick stat. stat. He's th- he's thrown one touchdown to a first round pick in his entire career. Right. Like how crazy is that? Which is, I mean, don't get me wrong though, but that's you know they're like the Belichick way. They've drafted receivers who haven't been top guys, but they, like Jordy Nelson was a nobody, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, James Jones was a great route runner, could play. Greg Jennings, dude out of Western Michigan, was, you know, always a good catcher, but he just made himself in the NFL. You get that a lot. So right. it's a crazy stat, don't get me wrong, because I think Manning threw like 286, but he all, you know, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Demarius. Right. But he, I, I mean, think, if, like that. think if, if Aaron Rodgers would have had some talent just remotely comparable to Reggie Wayne or Demarius Thomas. Or, or Marvin Harrison. And I agree, but the problem is, too, is their, their defense let him down for so late. They needed a defense more than they he's had. He's had sufficient weapons. Their defense has sucked forever. That's the problem. Right. They need, they need everything, but they don't want to pay anybody either, though. They're kind of like Cincinnati to where, you know, they they try to give this uh, the front like it's, a, you know, we're the hometown team and, you know, we're like a mom and pop football team but yeah you know and they just don't want to pay anybody and you know in the long run it kind of hurts them because i mean hell they lucked into aaron Rodgers. honestly they you yeah. know when they, they drafted him it was only because they didn't know if brett Favre was going to retire or not and that right. was i think the second or third time where he was indecisive on whether he wanted to stay or go so they drafted rogers just as a uh, a backup plan almost, you know, or a contingency plan. And, you know, it kind of worked out for him because of how great of a quarterback he is. But, I mean, when you have a guy like that, man, you got to try to get him some help on both sides of the ball. Because I think that right there, I mean, not having, you know, first-round uh, caliber skill guys at receiver and, and running back, I think that kind of turned him into a more cautious passer. 
Yeah. And uh, Brett Favre did, uh, since speaking of it, Brett Favre did say he does not think Aaron Rodgers finishes his, his career with Green Bay, and I completely agree with that. Oh, so, man, somebody tell Brett Favre, shut up and send another dick pic to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Do another cowboy. Somebody that you didn't even talk to. Yep. Like, yeah. had no relationship whatsoever in Green Bay. And yet I bet you have I do bet he's talked more to Aaron Rodgers though than Aaron Rodgers has talked to Aaron Rodgers' parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or his uh brother that was on yeah, what was Bachelor, Bachelor, right? Bachelor. You know what? If I had a brother and he went on the Bachelor, I wouldn't talk to his ass either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um one thing I did want to mention too, another uh, another person that signed undrafted was uh, Bronson Rex Steiner, son of Rick Steiner uh, from WWE lore, running back, yep. fullback from Kennesaw. Right? What's that? He signed with the Ravens too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's a big motherfucker. If you haven't seen him, <laughs> he said he's uh he, he's not turning down or you know, focused on a career in wrestling. He's leaving that door open, which he'll probably end up there. But uh, right now he's focused on his uh, career in the NFL. We'll see what happens. I mean, they are a running team. They might use him. You never know. All they do yeah. is run. They might have six fucking running backs on their damn team. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, and then also, uh, go uh, I got th- to try to look his name up real quick. Uh, Mike Warren. Uh, Mike Warren the second. From uh, Central Catholic, yeah, signed. Uh, he really? signed with uh, shoot Philly, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, signed yeah. with the Eagles. So nice. And um, uh, another thing. Uh, so a few things to wrap this up, and then we'll thank our last sponsor. Get into some trivia, um, and then Parrot's going to be hopping on. Zazu, the uh, Great Hornbill, will hop on here shortly. He he just sent me a Snapchat. He was walking by my house and said, "Almost home." <laughs> Like what the fuck, the uh, but uh, fun facts. So the Saints backup quarterbacks completions to Saints players: uh, Taysom Hill seven, Jameis Winston ten. So I found that pretty good. And uh, and then are you, gonna, are you gonna let us know? Are you gonna let us know why you just said that stat? Oh, of course, Jameis. All he does is throw picks. So no. he's got no. Well, who did he just sign with? The Saints. The, well, you didn't say that. You Sorry. You got to lead with that. You just give stats on that. You got to say why Jameis is throwing ten fucking completions to the Saints. Well, I opened with Saints backup quarterback. So I think people, hopefully, they realize that when I well, mention that part. Jason Hill is a Saints backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and receiver. He throws farther than Drew Brees, as Cody said last week. The <laughs> I did see that ESPN fantasy is making him a tight end slash flex play. This I like year. it. He's not going to be a quarterback. So no, when he does start a quarterback, we'll play him in that. Uh, someone drafts him there, dumbass. But. Yeah, no shit. Taysom Hill is Tim Tebow if he would actually listen to people in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last thing on the NFL um, – 2021 NFL draft is going to be in Cleveland, uh, April 29th through May 1st, 2021, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So maybe yeah, we'll go. Place they can have it at. Yeah, maybe we'll go party in Cleveland. We have some fun in Cleveland. We got to go back for the that Tecmo Bowl uh, when Jeremy's in the Tecmo Bowl tournament. We're gonna go out there. So, well, as long as the quarantine allows us. Yeah, I've already tried to get hotel room for the draft, so uh, you can't get them yet, though. 
Oh, well, good. Thanks for uh, letting me know. The All right. So uh, last but not least on our sponsors, of course, we have to thank Connell Barrett, datingtransformation.com. Yeah, once we get out of quarantine, if we ever do, um, it would be great if you uh, you know could spruce in your game up and talk to the opposite sex of who you'd like to on that. So reaching out to Connell Barrett, datingtransformation.com, you can get you a consultation. You could probably do it on uh, Skype or Google Hangouts or FaceTime or something and be able to uh, help you out, get your game ready for when uh, all this is lifted and the bars are back open again, hopefully here by you know June or July or 2021. Any of those time frames would be fantastic. So uh, final bear at datingtransformation.com, sprucing up that game. That guy's a dating coach? You're yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Connell Barrett, Barrett, he's uh, what, third on the Google search for dating coaches? Third on the Google search, yep. Is he lo- local in like the Toledo area? Uh, no, Manhattan actually, but uh, he, uh, he, a lot of it services the Toledo area. <laughs> I'm sure he does. You, He's more local. Yeah, he flies out to what did you say? He flies out to L.A. and and all these other things as well, right? Yeah, he's he's uh, he goes everywhere, but it, yeah, it's a lot of his. Um, he he takes anybody. He doesn't doesn't care what it is, but a lot of his stuff is more of like the uh, the upper executive business guy kind of thing. You know, the the forty year old guy who's worked his entire career to get to where he's at and just hasn't um, you know done anything or wants a relationship or some shit like. That's mostly what he gets. He's he's actually my uncle, so I know him very well. Nice. <laughs> so I like to plug so him. He, he probably fucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, maybe he can get out there and uh, what is that? I don't know where she is now. Chicago, LA. I uh, get out to Kristen Cavallari. I heard her and Jay Cutler split up. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, so last time, thank you to Connell Barrett, datingtransformation.com. All right, so now we are back, and we had someone else finally join us uh, after his uh, long day at work. Zazu is here. And perfect time, Zazu. Zazu, meet Wes, uh, the, the man behind Moments in Time for the show. The man behind the great magical music. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you as well. And again, of course, we got we to gotta mention you again, Wes. Uh, Gave us moments in time for the show as the theme uh, for the show. And again, had Mind Quarantine come out last Friday with Ted Bone from Pacifier. Check it out. It's uh, it's fire, man. It's it's a good song. And, and, so I, and I didn't ask you earlier. I meant to ask you. Can you? I, I love all the artwork for your songs, man. Can you tell us about that? Oh, sure. Uh, so, yeah, the guy that did Mind Quarantine actually um, did uh, my other one of one. And uh, the, so when I had gotten in touch with him for one of one. He sent me a bunch of ideas, and one of them was the idea that eventually became Mind Quarantine's cover. So, um, that time, which was like in 2018, I was like, this is cool as shit, but it doesn't work for one of one, but I want to keep it in my back pocket. So, I thought it fit for Mind Quarantine. And then um, beyond that, it's been random people, um, some artists I've worked with before with my old bands, people I know personally. Uh, for song many ways um it was my old college roommate he just put a doodle he was working on on instagram i was like dude that's sick like you want to turn that into a cover for me and he's like yeah so 
um, yeah, just like the music collaborators, the artists have been um, a really fun too because I'm I'm big on everything looking as good as it can and matching the vibe and you know something you're gonna look at for a long time. So you know, it's something I really invest a lot of energy into. Perfect. Thanks, man. And I love seeing that because the artwork that comes with it, I love it. And uh, and again, just for everybody, listen to anything, uh, any of those songs there from Wes Anderson, uh, I've Got Your Back, Kid, One of One, Mind Quarantine, and of course, Moments in Time. Check them all out. How many songs do you have out right now, Wes? Uh, so my, Mind Quarantine was the fifth single. Or no, it was the sixth. It was the sixth. <laughs> Which two am I missing? Uh, so it was like moments in time, one of one, many, or I've got your back kid, many ways, keep them talking, mind quarantine. There it is. So definitely again, Spotify, all your music outlets, streaming services, check out Wes Anderson. Uh, again, Wes Anderson music on Facebook, give him a follow on Twitter at songs by Wes. So we're going to go into uh, some trivia. I'm going to present my screen to you guys, and we'll use Wes. So this is new to you. Uh, you'll see the questions from Jeremy, and then just use the chat box when we go over the uh, the questions. And when okay. my screen is shared, uh, just let me know that you guys can see the questions. I'll scroll in a little bit so we can see them a lot better. Okay, got it. All right. So first question for your, everybody. First up, let's start with a two-point NBA question. Which Orlando Magic coach was fined in 2009 after saying the NBA should do away with the Christmas Day game? And then, Bear, after this, you can give us an update on those points if you got them. Yeah, I'd do it right now. So update on the points. Gary at 361. Myself at 303. Cody Bryant at 287. Parrot at 176. Dub at 29. And Wes, you're sitting at zero right now. <laughs> so uh, what, what is this chat like what are we using the, the group chat for? So right yeah right there just to put in your answer to the uh question oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i guess it probably would, would defeat the purpose if i just google this huh yeah, that's the point. We're not supposed to Google it. <laughs> but if you want to, I didn't hear you. Oh, so shit. Bear, I, you probably have it. Uh, Go ahead. Type it in. Type it in, my man. I love, I love all the <laughs> So we got Stan Van Gundy. Can't think of his name, but a bigger guy with the mustache. Van Gundy, Stan Van, Fat Van Gundy, and Bald Van Gundy's brother, Fat Brother. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> those are some great answers. I love those. Uh, here we go. Stan Van Gundy. So yeah. give everybody two points. Here All we right. go. That's a great start. All five right. Yeah. All right the next one. Here's two points for each. Nice. All right, here's a tricky NFL question for you guys. Who is the only kicker who has converted over 90% of his field goal attempts in each of the last three years? Since this is a tough one, I'll let everybody name three kickers. If one of your three guesses is the correct answer, you get three points. Oh, Jesus. Damn. Hell, I got to think who's still in the league. Right. The Because uh, the last three years – Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's not all I got. I <laughs> Elon? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Jason Elon? He's still kicking, ain't he? He's been retired since like 2008. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite. Uh, and then uh, we got. So we're waiting on West there, but I'll start reading them. So Bears yeah, got. We put in Tucker. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one. Oh, yeah. Sorry, because it was right after that. I see Fat Brother and I skipped <laughs> over Tucker. All right. So we got Tucker for Bear and Wes. We got Boswell, Tucker, Goskowski, Tucker, Goskowski, Elam, Tucker, Vinatieri, Goskowski. So we'll tell Jeremy to go. We'll see how many points we get. If you, one of your three guesses is the correct answer, you get three points. If it's not Tucker. Oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? <laughs> Hey, what did uh, he wouldn't have been in my top three. Nope. Yeah. Didn't uh, <laughs> say nobody cares about the stupid kicker. <laughs> All right. Okay. So time. Okay. So Wes, I got to tell you how this goes. So time for a very difficult prove it game. How many? How many can you name of the last ten pitchers to close out a World Series game? Go or close out a World Series, not a game, the actual World Series. Go around saying how many you can name until everybody tells you to prove it. If the person gets the number he said, then they get 10 points. So, Wes, how this works is I'll start with, like, you. And if you say you can get one right, we can all <laughs> we all either say prove it or somebody else will jump in and say, no, I can get two or three or so on. And then eventually until we all agree for somebody to prove it, uh, then they got to prove it. Gotcha. So, Wes, so I have to go. Yeah, I'll let you go, man. Do you think you can name? Do you think you can name one? How much time do I? Give me like ten seconds. Give me like ten seconds right now. All right, we'll give you ten seconds right now. We'll we'll, we'll pause for station identification. Uh, we're from the pod room, live at my house. So, uh, listening to uh, one hundred six point nine, the bear. So. <laughs> oh, the views expressed in this podcast are not exclusively those. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of uh, the Astros guy because I've been following their scandal. And I, <laughs> I, I got nothing. Uh, All right, we got none. Hey, can anybody name one? I can name one. All right, Cody Parrot. Either you name two. I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. Why are you gonna plead the fifth? I don't know any. <laughs> so how many I, I guess we should ask him so you get what you don't get 10 guesses you just got to start naming them right i would no i think i mean i think it's don't we got to put it in there you just want me to name one is that what you're saying uh i'm trying to think if i can name two i gotta think of the last 10 world series cool what year is this uh Okay. Um, mm, you've got one. Nobody can go two, huh? Nope. The sad thing is I might be able to go two, but I can't go three. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to just let you take the opportunity. I've got enough points. I'll let you take the opportunity to get one. So I'll tell Jeremy in the meantime. Jeremy... Bear is going for one. <laughs> That's all. So your first guess has to be right or this whole thing's over. 
I hope I'm I, I hope I'm right with this, and I I can't remember, but I'm, and I'm hoping it was within the last ten years. I'm gonna go with Jonathan Papelbon, Red Sox. He had to close something out. Spelling it wrong. I don't know though what year that was is the problem. Here we go. Papelbon is in. The only other one I could think of. Correct. Everybody here gets 10 points, but bear. Put in Chapman. Five points, son. Or five points. You're right. I'm sorry. Five. That was. Oh, shit. That's. So Daniel Hudson, Washington, Chris Sale, Boston, Charlie Morton's probably who Wes was thinking of. Houston, Mike Montgomery, the Cubs, Wade Davis, Kansas City, Madison Bumgarner, San Fran, Kohi Uhara. Serge, uh, from Boston, Sergio Romo, San Francisco, Jason Mote or Mott, uh, St. Louis, Brian Wilson, San Fran. That was tough. Yeah, it was very tough. So Man, I should have known uh, the Nationals guy because that was big news around here. Yeah, come on, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it Damn. either. Um, I would have said, you know, we know it's not Bryce Harper. Uh, yeah. Didn't yeah, just, yeah, I mean, the Orioles were such a joke. Last season, <laughs> it's like all about the Nationals. Absolutely. So let's end with a bonus NFL draft question that most likely Cody will be the only one to have a chance, but we'll see. The Kansas City Chiefs selected Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the final pick of the first round in the Super Bowl era. Who is the only other running back with a hyphen in his name who has been selected with the first round pick? Six points for a correct answer. If you want a hint, Team or year, it will drop it down to four points for the correct answer. If you want both, team and year, it drops down to two. So, do you first off, does anybody want the hint? No, hold on. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to put mine in too. Oh. I'm going with you as well. Yep. I don't remember. I don't think he was. I can't remember if he was a first round pick or not. I don't think he was, but. That's the only one I can think of with a hyphen in the name that was a running back. Oh, no. Oh, shoot. Walter Gary Payton. (laughs) Kareem? Kareem. Yeah, Yeah. Kareem. Uh I think it was the Dolphins pick. Wes has got Nada. We got Jones Drew and Abdul Jabbar. No hints? Nope. So we'll see what Jeremy says here. As you can see, Wes, Jeremy's got some good shit. Yeah, these, Carter. Are, these are tough questions. Oh, Carter. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I would ever know that. See, we were all thinking last names. Yeah. I were. Yeah. Good questions. Very good questions. So he'll give his little take. They were extremely tough tonight. Yeah, thanks. They were very tough. At least Bear gave us some good points. (laughs) Thanks, Bear. (laughs) Gave us some freebies. I can't believe Papelbon didn't. That had to be like, oh, wait. Dude, I was going to say Chapman. That was my, that would have been my other one. That was it. I have Papelbon and Chapman. Those are my only two. And who did they say it was for the the Cubs on that one? Mike Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah, because Chapman Chapman got or Rajay homered off of him, so he got that went to extras. But I thought oh. Chapman won another one. Oh, god damn it. Here we go. So I gotta read this whole thing from Jeremy. 
So his rebuttal from last week, I agree it's difficult to compare players, but everybody on the podcast before Cody was a regular said LeBron was the GOAT. So you guys did start this, LOL. I feel opinions are very biased here because you all grew up with LeBron. Jeremy is is around Uncle Cody's age. He was the favorite player for two of you, so of course you will think he is the best. I hated both MJ and LeBron equally as players and watched them both play, so I feel I am much more unbiased. By the way, Wes, he is a Utah Jazz fan, huge Utah Jazz fan. Love John Stockton. There we go. <laughs> and then, <laughs> heck, the year Jordan left Chicago to play baseball, I was a huge Bulls fan because I wanted them to prove they were good without him. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> they were screwed in the playoffs against the Knicks. Hopefully they cover that in the documentary. So who knows how far they could have gone. But that is unfair to use that season as an argument against MJ. They still had the greatest coach of all time and a top 50 all-time player in Scotty. Both times LeBron left Cleveland, the Cavs, Purposely tanked. I oh, disagree God. with that. Disagree completely. Kyrie led yeah. a fucking season. Yeah. And still only won 20 games. And I mean tanked for a number one pick. If Kyrie did not leave and it was his team this past time LeBron left, he carries him into the playoffs in the week at Eastern Conference just as he did with his subpart. Oh, Kevin Love? Of course he would. He's got Kevin Love. Yeah, Kevin and Love then – uh, Subpar that season. If you really want to compare things, how about when Jordan left the second time? The Bulls finished thirteen and thirty-seven. Must have been a strike season. Then the following season, they went seventeen and sixty-five. Wow. Well, everybody was gone. Heck, the Bulls turned into an absolute joke. I'll allow the Cavs. So that argument has no merit. The year Phil and Pippen stayed. As for the will to win at all cost statement, maybe I was a bit harsh. But the year against the Mavericks, he and Wade were mocking Dirk. Man, this is long. After a game and joking around. It's like they weren't even taking the series seriously and were so overconfident. He just never appeared to me to have that killer instinct during games. His flopping and overdramatics just take away from the intense competitiveness to me, I guess. He's the strongest guy in the court, yet he plays like a soccer player at times. But again, I agree it's tough to compare. He's more Magic Johnson than anybody. That's who LeBron should be compared to. Final thing I'll say on this, because you are right, we can go in circles all day and nobody is changing their mind. But I do believe anybody in any sport can be the GOAT. If they have a losing record in championships, that to me should be a universal rule. You can be an all-time great. Dan Marino was the man, but he cannot be the GOAT. And just getting there doesn't mean much or Jim Kelly would be considered a GOAT. The Eastern Conference was a joke for so long. LeBron's teams were favored to win the East every year with the talent he had, just like the Pats should have won their division every single year with the horrible teams they had. Okay, enough on this topic. Enjoy the rest of the documentary. I don't think I could have put up with Rodman's antics like they did. See you for wrestling. Oh, so thanks again, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you. That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack in that message. Jesus. Yeah. Well, well first of all, Rodman what? was a monster though. He stayed in the film room. Like Rodman put the work in. He did. He was tough. Like it's just the off court stuff, you know. But you know what he does off the court ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, and um, there was a I was I listened to a interview that they did with uh, somebody that covered the Bulls around that time, and they said, you know, for all the shit that Rodman did off the court, Rodman basically he was a model citizen once he got in the doors. You know, like he uh, he was kind of like a teenager. You know, you go yep. out and rabble ride, play hard, still come home for co- for curfew. 
Yeah, that's just how it was. And um, and Jeremy, as always, Wes, you can see Jeremy puts this in, this kind of work into both our sports and wrestling shows each week. And we've done we've done a few Jeopardy shows. I think we've done three now. And he gives all the questions for Jeopardy for those. And yeah, uh, we had, yeah, those we had a question. Those are good. And his his uh, some of the ones he did last week, you missed out on it. Some math questions, they're great. Um, but again, Jeremy, thanks for all you do. Uh, we're still looking to hopefully come to Cleveland to support you in the Tecmo Bowl championships. Uh, we're hoping to come down over there with the OTL swag, support you. I know you'll be wearing yours, and uh, I hope we can just get drunk in the background and be your be your crowd. <laughs> your crowd. Um, so and there, wait, so there's a, a, comp, a tournament for Tecmo Bowl. Yes. Uh, there's there's a few amazing games, yeah, right. And it's on. I think he's on Super NES, right? Yep. That's sick. I never knew that existed. I'm not surprised. No. But, but God, that's awesome. And uh, the so we've got the, uh, the the fun thing I saw last fun thing, and then we'll get into uh, it on this day in sports history. Uh, we had what did I see? The new name of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is they're calling them the Tampa. The Tampa Gronketeers or some shit, <laughs> some shit like that. We'll see. We'll see how he does, man. With uh, Arians, got a good coach there. We'll we'll see what they do. We'll see what he's made of at this point. He's in a tough division. All right. So uh, with this, how we wrap this up, Wes, is I give you guys a statistic or something that happened on this day in history. This day being April 29th, and you guys just go around give me giving me the year closest uh, gets an air high five. Of, with, uh, of course, some some nice, wonderful, wonderful. Virus-free. Virus-free, air high five. Okay. All right, so first one up, Boston Red Sox, Roger Clemens strikes out 20 Seattle Mariners. 87. 87 from Parrot. Cody? Uh, what, like 92. Um. I'll say 95. What'd you say, uh, Bear? I'm sorry. 86. 86 is correct. Oh, shit. All right. How about – let's go back. There wasn't a lot on this day. Um, Don Bradman scores 107. Oss versus Works, 152 minutes, 14, 15 fours. Cricket legend he is. <laughs> I guess. God dang. <laughs> Seventy-seven. Sixty-nine. Fifty-eight. Nineteen fifty-eight. Uh, I don't know. Seventy. Forty-eight. Wes gets the point. Or the air high five. All right. Uh, Charlie Riley. This will be my last one. Is baseball's first pinch hitter. Nineteen oh four. Oh, no. 1912. 1899. <laughs> um, 35. 1892. Dick. Wow. There you go, Zazu. All right. So birth birthdays on this day. Um, I know we talked about one earlier. Uh, Dale Earnhardt is that magic number. Would have been the magic number 69. It's hard to believe, man. He died. He was, what, 49 years old? Yes, sir. Uh, Mike Babcock, NHL coach. Of course, I, I know you Red Wings fans know who he is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
We talked about this man earlier, but 55 today, Reggie Miller. Okay. Uh, well, damn. Yeah, Curtis Joseph, Team Canada, Edmonton, Oriole, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, big 50th birthday to Andre Agassi. Nice. A lot of damn birthdays on this day. Yeah. Uh, oh, big. How about <laughs> NBA guard God Sham God? Who's that? Happy uh, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the the now about to be divorced, happy thirty seventh birthday, Jay Cutler. Jay <laughs> Cutler. <laughs> uh, happy birthday! Here's the divorce papers. Yeah. Man, he's probably having a rager at his house. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is thirty seven. Uh, so um, uh, this is a fun one, and uh, thanks, Wes, for joining us. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely. I, I hope mm-hmm. you come on again, man. Come on soon. I mean, we're we're quarantined. Not much to do. Hope you hope you can join us again yeah. soon. Yeah, same. All right. So again, thank you to Wes Anderson for moments in time. Check him out on Facebook, Wes Anderson Music. Give him a follow on Twitter at Songs by Wes. Get on uh, all your streaming services. Check out Mind Quarantine from Wes Anderson featuring Ted Bone of Pacifier. It's a hit. Check out all his other his other five songs out there. You will love them. And uh, be, be sure, of course, like we said, the Twitter, man, at Songs by Wes. I'd love to see some of the things you got on there. And, and he had some good collaborations. Scott, I'm, I know you said you got another song, hopefully next uh, summer you mentioned. Uh, yeah, it should be about July or August, the Perfect. next single. Perfect. And uh, this year or next year? I'm sorry. This year, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So look forward to that. And then, uh, of course, thank you to Brandon and All Work Clothing. Thank you to Crandall's Quality Lawn Care. Tim at Verizon, Cassandra at PNC, Connell Barrett, datingtransformation.com. Sorry to Sparty Steve. We didn't get you on the show again today, uh, but thank you for the Frickers Lunch at Episode 100. We look forward to hopefully getting out uh, to the right field office for Episode 200 to record, and uh, and hopefully you can help us out there again. Uh, and as always, get outside for Episode 200. <laughs> well, that room's big enough that we can spread out. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> But as always, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bring back my sports. Going to put my mask on. (laughs) Sham God.